Hi, this is Mish Hancock, and you are listening to Mishmash, the place where I get to talk to the weird, wacky, wonderful people of this world, people I adore and want to know more about. My guest today is Stephen English. Stephen helps introverted leaders find their voice so they can create impact. He is also a coach, trainer, and TEDx speaker. Nice to meet you, Stephen. Hello there. How are you doing, Mish? I am doing great. And I have to say, I was really excited when we met. Um, You know, I meet a lot of coaches and you and what you shared with me just stood out for whatever reason. And I was like, I got to know more about this guy. So thank you for being here today. Thank you for having me. Yeah. And I remember getting on a call with you talking about TEDx and uh, sharing my story a little bit and what I was going to share on the stage. And um, yeah, I remember that very fondly. And in fact, you were one of a couple of different organizers that I spoke to that uh, really boosted my confidence. Well, and said you were on the right track. So let's talk about it. We are recording this on September 21st, 2021. And just September 18th, you did the talk. So how did did it go? It went really great. I, well, I'll I'll say I recorded it originally a week before. Um, So on September 11th, I, you know, got my videographer, uh, went over to the Gateway Church here in Austin, Texas, and got them to let me borrow their stage because I was seeing so many virtual presentations done just like in a, a home office, and right. I thought, ah, oh, I, I I don't want to do that. I want to I want to up level it a little bit. Um, you know, of course, hindsight twenty twenty. I wish I could have gotten you know, a room full of people and, and had the whole thing filled out. That is you know, the difficult thing with virtual, right? Yeah. Because I think there's a thing about that the audience sort of feeds you yes, a bit absolutely. while you're talking. Yes. Absolutely. And so I, I didn't have that, but I did have a great stage and I did hire a videographer so that just everything would be crystal clear from the quality of the audio to the different camera angles. Um, he actually had two cameras there and then in the post editing. So I, I got all that done. I made one edit on it um, just to like, I had an image that I wanted to put in there, a picture. And originally it was like right at the beginning. And so you'd see that picture and then you would see me. So we changed that up and moved it in just a few seconds. And so there was one edit and then I got it to uh, Lisa from Cole Park on that Tuesday. And then, yeah, that Saturday it went live. You know, we had a a pretty big group. Uh, There were, I think it was six speakers, I want to say off the top of my head. And uh, yeah, I got the schedule ahead of time. I was really surprised I was after Lizzo. I thought, you know, with Lizzo being as super famous as as she was, I was like, put her at the end and that way everybody has to watch. (laughs) But, yeah, uh, she did. She was on the TED TED stage, right? I believe it was a TED stage. I'm trying to remember if it was. Um, I don't remember seeing the X there. Yeah, that's hard for me to remember. But yes, I think it was just the TED stage, right? Because those TEDxes, we get we get to live stream some of those things. Oh, cool! Which is really cool. It in the initial three days of it being up, and I didn't even know it was up. It got 2,500 views. It got like 90 likes. It had 20 something comments. Um, so it was really, it was really great. Um, 
so I'm I'm excited about that 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 it does have the impact. I I have a couple of friends in um, AA who who watched it. One of them actually cried after watching it. Aww. So that to me, and it wasn't about the recovery. It was about the topic itself. That, well, tell us the yeah. Topic. So it's called well. Okay, the title of it is on the, edge of our seat. the title is <laughs> finding joy by disappointing others. And what it points to is people pleasing and it points to living in other people's expectations. And so many of us, in fact, I did a poll on LinkedIn. I gave the definition of people pleasing and I said, you know, do you, do you have the, you know, basically, do you have it? And, uh, is this something that you're challenged by? And it was, it was no, yes. And I just accept it. And that's the way I am. And, and then one of the yeses, I think it was like, yes, and I want to change it. And 60% of the people said, yes, and I want to change it based upon the, the, let's say psychology today definition of people pleasing. So it's pretty prevalent. I have a lot of friends of mine who- I believe it definitely is. Yeah. Okay. So let me ask you this, because tell me if I'm, I don't know if I'm right on this, but I'm people pleasing- isn't it better just to be transparent about how you really feel about something? Like, here's how I really feel about it. Like, you know, instead of, let me just say yes, let me just say yes. And it it is difficult. And I I think that, I mean, you know, I'm, I'm closer to 60 than 50. I think as you get older, you get better at not people pleasing. Mm -hmm. Um, But I still find myself doing it. And I still, I, and, and I, in fact, I just did it recently and I was like, dang it, you should yeah. have not done that. Not only was it not a good idea for me, but it was also really not a good idea for everybody involved, mm-hmm. you know, to rush something. It's, it's many times better. That was the issue was getting something out the door. And, uh, and I was like, you know, you, you, you need to step back and go, yeah, there's a reason why we shouldn't just rush to rush this job. Let's, let's sit back and make sure that, you know, we're doing this right rather than emails and communications flying back and forth on it. So I, I, I don't know. I mean, what, do you have some, some thoughts on? Yeah. Well, there's a couple of things that are really interesting that you pointed out. So number one, as you've gotten older, you've become more aware of it. And this really starts during our childhood. Uh, this this whole people pleasing thing because we want praise we want we want others to like us mm-hmm. um, we're hardwired for it really right. if you think about evolutionary psychology to be kicked out of a tribe a million years ago or thousands of years ago whatever it is you believe about evolution um, would mean certain death right so so it, we're hardwired for it number one. Yeah, um, yeah. Another thing that you said in there is you, you said, well, it would be better to be to do this. Well, right. What most people will do is they'll kind of like, like fall over themselves. It's like it's almost to the point where they have some emotional pain of helping that other person. It's like they go above and beyond and because they want to make that person continue to like them. They want that praise. So yes, it, it does come down to honesty. It, it also comes down to understanding what it is that you truly, truly want in your life. And a lot of people don't really know what it is that they want. So they kind of just, you know, kind of flap it in the wind, right? Like, oh, this other person wants me to do this thing for them. I'll go do it. And then they have a resentment, 
which is even a word I didn't even introduce in the speech because I really didn't want to kind of delve into that idea. But that right. that was part of, you know, from the perspective of what it is that had me drinking was the way I handled the feelings of resentment for all these things that I did. So let's talk about that because this is this is what, you know, let's talk about the past and, and then how that brought you to where you are now. Yeah. Well, let's see where, I mean, I don't want to start it like, oh, I was born in uh, Northeastern yeah. Ohio. No, no I, uh, that much no, I'm just joking. I'm just <laughs> kidding around. I'm just kidding around. Well, no, what it came down to was, uh, boy, let's see what that would be. Seven years ago, I started to have, no, actually more than this. Hold on. Hold on. I just did bad math. 13 years ago. Wow. I got my first DWI and I was already starting to, to drink pretty much daily. And I, I started suffering some consequences from my drinking and that drinking was there as a way to deal with some of the emotional pain of the, the resentments that I was building up because I was just doing things for other people. I was living, I was living other people's lives. I was worried about people disliking me. Um, yeah. And, and, and lacking approval from other people, lacking praise. Uh, so that's, I mean, that's really kind of, you know, when I look at the timeline, yeah, 20, 2008, I started on this journey of consequences and I, it took me a long time to wake up. Um, it took me really from that point, I would say, four years to have a little bit of an awakening because I started, that's when I actually started to go into the rooms of recovery. And they say that, uh, you know, if you, it, it's kind of like a, a barbershop. If you hang out long enough at a barbershop, eventually you'll get a haircut. If, if you're an active drinker, active alcoholic, whatever you want to call it, a heavy drinker, and you start going to uh, meetings, you start going to a program of recovery, there's lots of different programs of recovery. I'm not going to recommend any one of them to, to anybody who's listening to this. You eventually start to get it, right? Because it's there's a lot of suggestion. What I mean by suggestion is just language that's being shared in the room, and you start to right. see, you start to hear your story in there. But you know, in, if you're doing it for the wrong reasons, like you're doing it for a court case or you're doing it for other people, it's just not going to work. And so eventually. It took me really till 2016 to to finally, you know, do it 100%, as I jokingly say, full ass. You know, I kind of half-assed it. For, uh, initially, I quarter-assed it. Then I half-assed it. Then I full-assed it. Gotcha. Gotcha. And then that road to recovery and, you know, and I, and I do believe there is such an emotional aspect to all of this that has to be, you know somehow dealt with, released, what have you. I mean, addiction is such a huge thing in our society on so many levels, whether it be drugs, alcohol, but also, you know, shopping and, you know, sugar. Just gave that one up. That was an easy. (laughs) That is a tough one. (laughs) Because I loved my candy. Um, But, you know, it's, it's, you, I, it seems like you, you have to get to this mentally, mental emotional place where you're like, I'm ready to do this. Mm-hmm. I'm ready to take this on. You can't just cold turkey figure it out usually. I think it's like yeah. you have to prepare yourself in order to overcome and then 
Um, and, and then, you know, then from there, it's just, okay, not doing it. I'm choosing to do something different every day. Right. So yeah, yeah. I, right now I'm like, I'm choosing to eat kale chips. Nice. <laughs> yeah, those are, de- they're delicious if prepared properly. They are delicious, yeah. but it's not as easy as just grabbing a box of candy. I'm Absolutely. Telling you well, and, and what it is, is I'll say one thing that's important is, is being in a goal enriching environment. So in other words, it took you a step to make a decision to not have the sugar. So then once you made that decision of not having the sugar, then when you went to the store, you made another decision to purchase the kale chips instead of the whatever it was that I won't mention because I don't want, <laughs> I don't want to trigger anything. And, and putting that in your, in, you know, your, your, um, in your cupboards, right? Putting that in your pantry. And now when you have the I'm hungry or whatever re- response or I'm bored or whatever, you go to something healthier. You know, I had right. the same thing. I used to do, <laughs> I used to do ice cream with alcohol in it. I used to make, I used to make these like drunken shakes. Gotcha. Yes. Yeah. Gotcha. And, and so I, I trust me, I, I, I know I used to, you know, compound my, my, uh, let, let, let's say conflate. And alcohol yeah. all in one place. Yeah, let me mix this one... up real quick. Yes. Yes. <laughs> I actually learned that from my grandmother. Anyhow, that was a funny story. So, um, things, so now let's, let's fast forward to, you know, you've been through this whole yeah. amazing journey and now what do you help other people with? I mean, yeah. now you're helping introverted leaders. It would, one would think, oh, well he helps people who are in recovery, but yeah. It, you help it, introverted it, leaders. Yes. It's funny though, because here's what has happened. What I've learned is that it takes a certain level of trust and honesty for somebody to actually say, yeah, actually, I, I kind of drink too much. Yes. And they don't say that in the initial. So, so I think there's a certain level of the, the surface branding, the surface uh, niching, if, as, as it were, right, where I say I help introverted leaders uh, use their voice to create impact, which is kind of like executive coaching. I mean, it really is. It's, that's, right. If somebody said, hey, you have to check a box, like, okay, I say, oh, executive coaching. The thing is, once people get into conversation with me, I start to learn about other things that are going in on, the, on their life, right? Because the way we, we do anything is the way we do everything. It, it goes, it's, it's pervasive. It just, uh, it oozes out. So for example, somebody who says they have a lot of anxiety when they're speaking, well, it's actually that the anxiety could be coming from an alcohol addiction. They just don't put two and two together, that that's actually a cause of it. So Hmm. there's a certain percentage of the clients that I work with that it actually turns into a little bit of recovery coaching, but that's not what I lead with. And And it is, I do have this kind of internal conflict, you know, in full disclosure and in transparency where... I, so I've been through, you know, addiction, uh, divorce, uh, childhood obesity, um, you know, career changes, uh, you know, moving up the ladder in incredibly toxic work environments. I could, any one of those five, I could niche down on. But, but yeah, (laughs) it's a journey. It really is. Cause actually, oh, I forgot to, I forgot to mention midlife crisis. 
And, uh, and I even, when I first got out there into the coaching world, I said, okay, I'm going to be a men's midlife coach. And what I found that was, is that a lot of men are, and this is a, a, a sweeping generalization. Uh, so I recognize this, they, they're kind of in denial around it and, and they're not willing to ask for help. And so, you know, if you looked at my, my ICF coaching log, you know, as, as, a, as a certified coach, I keep a log the vast majority of them are women. I, I found out because yeah, I mean, women, okay. I, my, what I've learned is that women tend to ask for some support more so, or it could just be the way that I am as a person that I tend to attract that kind of client. I don't know. I'm still figuring it all out. Well, and also what we put out there as the men's midlife crisis, we, we tend to put it out there as bought a car, mm-hmm. bought a race car, bought a muscle car, bought a yeah. big truck. <laughs> you know, yeah. it's like, well, it might be a little bit more than that. So um, what does an introverted leader look like? Like who, who should call you? Yeah. So that person, I would say this, and this, this is why, you know, somebody said, well, why did you pick introverted leaders? Is I worked for 22 years in the semiconductor industry. Highly, highly technical. Probably most people, if they're just seeing me today, they would be surprised to learn that I have a physics degree. I have a material science degree. I worked in laboratories. I, I built laboratories in corporate America, in, in different companies. I installed Six Sigma. Um, I did an, in a Six Sigma initiative at a company. So I've been a big nerd for a lot of time. And what it is, is I met a lot of really brilliant people who you to, to get them and their brilliant ideas in front of executive management is a Herculean task gotcha. and, and they don't want to do it. And right. well, let me say this. They want to do it. They just don't see themselves doing it and they don't Got have it. a path to get there. And that's the person I want to help, right? If, if you're out there and you're like, oh my goodness, my company would do so much better if we did X, Y, Z, or my department would do this so much better. So if, if you want to improve your persuasion skills, if you want to improve your influencing skills, your communication skills, you know, managing up, managing down, uh, facilitating meetings, giving presentations, all that stuff is, you know, in my, in, let's say my wheelhouse. That's, that's something I'm incredibly passionate about. I've been a Toastmaster for, what has that been? Oh, so 13 years. Um, I've been a club president four times. I've started clubs. I've taught presentation skills. I've taught meeting skills. I do all kinds of coaching and training in that space. So yeah, I'm, I'm incredibly passionate about helping. And again, it's because this is something that I know deep, deep down inside, they have this, this gem inside of yes. them and they won't right. show it to the world because they, they, they have a lot of fears about it. Sure. Yeah. That's so th- awesome. that's the person I want to help. I love it. So I have some interesting questions for you that are going to kind of take us into another space. But one of the things I thought was really, I I like this thought and I want to talk about it. You recently um, were watched a, or were a part of a course on LinkedIn about the balance between your work self and your home self. It said so on LinkedIn. So work-life balance, something like work-life work, balance? Yeah, but, but I, I think it's more about managing your emotions at work oh, was, yeah. I think, the name of it. And, yeah. and that it had to do, because, you know, home self and work self is all 
You yeah. know, that's how it is, right? And that's how it's always been. We just haven't really admitted it. <laughs> so, um, but talk about that. Like, what is it about managing your emotions at work? What did you learn? Managing your emotions at work. Um, let's see. So really, it's about taking taking a step back in a lot of cases, right? And looking for what is the truth there, um, not getting into a spiral of some type of negative thinking. That was That was, for me... You know, when I took the course, you know, that was one of the things that really stood out. But And that was something that was a huge challenge for me when I worked in the corporate world because, you know, I am a passionate person. So I really, really care about my work. So when it would be questioned, instead of getting curious about it, I would get offended. So managing that emotion and, and really trying to understand, you know, what is the truth here? Um, let me get curious. Let me ask some more questions rather than jump to a conclusion. Those are some some of the things that jumped out at me. Right. And it takes practice. It really does take practice. It also takes some tools, you know, as much as remember when we were little kids and they would say, when you get mad, count to 10, you know, so maybe sometimes right. take a little step back, do some steady breathing, uh, you know, then think of what would be the question that you could ask the person to move things forward in a, and not necessarily in a positive direction, just in a neutral direction. Yeah. Just get going on something. Yeah. Help, yeah. Help me understand. Tell me more about that. What about that? Do, do you not agree with? Those I are some another, of the questions. Oh, so uh, thank you. Mm-hmm. But I have this other question because I noticed it and I didn't delve into it. So I just want to ask you, What's the deal with the headband? Oh, you saw a picture from a um, on Instagram. Instagram, Facebook. Oh, one you of those. mean the headband? Oh, the headband. Wait a the EEG. It was a post of yours. It was, yeah, it was an EEG. EEG. Yes, yes. Okay, because there are multiple headbands that I wear. So oh. one of them would be a sweatband. Okay. And that's not what you're talking about. <laughs> no. You're talking about for meditation. Yeah, for meditation. Oh, cool. Yes. So that is a Muse 2. So Muse is a, it's a set of sensors. Uh, The two sensors that I use off of it are the electroencephalograph, the EEG. And then I also use the uh, heart coherence monitor. So anybody out there who's ever heard of HeartMath Institute, HeartMath Institute has studied the coherence between brain rhythms and heart rhythms and identified that by making those two in coherence, you just have you know better, better quality of life. And I, I can't remember all the different things that it does for you, but let's just say it suppresses stress, it raises your testosterone, it you know, it raises all kinds of good hormones and neurotransmitters. Where does one get one of these? One of the, so the Muse 2, I got it off of Amazon. I would be happy to drop the link for everybody. But yes, it's, here's what it is. This is how I've explained it to people before. When we go into meditation, oftentimes we say, okay, I'm going to set a timer and I'm going to do my breathing. Right. And then what happens is the monkey mind kicks in. Always. Yes. And it starts thinking of the call I'm going to do and <laughs> the, uh, the, like the lawn care service that's outside that I can hear that's distracting. Why can't they do that at a different time? And the dog barking and, oh, my back is kind of hurting or whatever it might be. The monkey mind runs off with that. And of course, the meditative training out there says, oh, just, just label that yeah, as let it go. thinking and let it go. Let yes. It go. It's, it's, right. it's, it's, it's just weather, um, the sky is your consciousness, da, 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 da. Yes, that all works well and good. 
if you are aware of it. And so what this right. EEG does is that it gives you neurofeedback. So it goes and I will hear something. So for example, I have it in rainforest mode, which while I'm meditating, my brain is calm. I hear birds chirping. Nice. When my brain is not so calm, I hear rain. When it's really not calm at all, that's cool. I hear a storm. Interesting. Yes. All right. Yeah. And so then that prompts me to go, okay, back to the breath. Get back to the breath. Nice little reminders. Yeah. Super Bring your awareness on it. Very cool. So one of the questions I ask everyone, uh, we only have a few minutes left. So Mm -hmm. what act of kindness have you witnessed, received, um, given recently? Act of kindness that I've witnessed or received or given recently. Um, yeah, I, I have a, a good friend. I've known him for a long time and he and I have, uh, you know, so he's been there back when, when I was in a pretty dark place and he still is in a dark place. And one of the things that I've recently done is I've, I've given him some, let's say free coaching and said, hey, nice. get this book, read chapter four and five, because it, it, he's actually a person who's got a lot of negative thinking and more than negative thinking, he's got negative words, which is actually the real thing. It's okay to have a negative thought here and there. Sure. But as soon as you verbalize it, it has 10 times the power than another person saying negative words to you. So it's, it's okay. super, super powerful. And I, I just pointed that out to him and I, and I, and, and it wasn't, and initially, initially I thought, okay, I want to get this guy reading like you are a badass by Jen Sincero or Napoleon Hill, think and grow rich or any of these that are really more in the positive thinking space. And what I thought was, you know what, he could really ne- use just neutral thinking, not thinking negatively. And then creating a environment where he doesn't put trash in his head. And so many of us do. Like if you're watching CNN, Fox, it doesn't matter which one it is, any of the mainstream media, you're putting trash in your head. And and, there's just negativity all around there. And what they're doing, yeah, what they're doing is they're making us into really great consumers. So here's my take on it. And I know you probably don't, you know, maybe you weren't looking for this, but I'll tell you this. They're lowering our energy. They're lowering our vibe. And we, we become really great consumers when our vibe is really low. And Interesting. Yeah, and the worst thing that would, could happen Hence for- That's why cor- we're buying things on Amazon. Yes. Well, and well, I'll tell you what, it's what you buy on Amazon. Like well, in that exactly. case of buying of that tool, I'm, I feel like that's, that enriches my life because now I have a, a greater awareness. But if, for example- and this, this actually happened to me a couple of months. And I, I use a four-day rule on big purchases. I saw an Audi S5 or whatever it was. And uh, I'm like, oh, that's a really cool car. I even test drove one. Like, oh, $48,000. Oh, goodness gracious. I could, I could do that. I could do that. And then I used my four-day rule. And I started asking myself, like, what is it that I why really want? Why do I want? need this car? Yeah. Yeah, I'm why do I need do, this? I do the same thing. I put lots of things in my wish list on Amazon and then decide later if I'm going to buy. I don't do the... Yeah. You know, yeah. Well, Stephen, thank you so much. Um, real quick, tell everybody where they can find you. They can find me on LinkedIn. I'm going to drop my link tree 
uh, link. Send on, it to me. I'll make yeah, sure. Yeah, I'll send it to you. It. Um, that's actually the best way because if you're not on LinkedIn, then you can find me on Facebook. If you're not on Facebook or LinkedIn, you can find my webpage. So I'm, I'm all over the place, but www.stephenenglish.net, uh, Stephen with a V. And uh, yeah, of course, like I said, LinkedIn, Stephen English, comma, PCC for professional certified coach. Like I said, I'll give you the link tree and people can find me that Sounds way. Sounds awesome. Thank you so much, sir. Yeah, I'm so glad to, to know on. you and yeah. congrats on the TEDx talk. Yeah, thank you so very much. It was great to connect with you and uh, great to be on this interview. And everyone out there, you've been listening to Mishmash. Uh, please listen to us. We're all about kindness and love and the, the stuff we need more of in the world. Have an amazing week. Love you so much. Bye. Bye-bye.